0: One, come, come on, come here. I hope you had a wonderful Easter. I chose not to tell a story Easter week because I wanted to focus on Easter with my own kids. And I will also be telling you the story of Easter later this year. So here we go with our next story about Jesus. One day, some scribes and Pharisees from Jerusalem came to Galilee and noticed that some of Jesus' disciples started eating food without following the ritual of the time to wash their hands beforehand. They approached Jesus and said, Hey, why don't your disciples follow the spoken tradition of our elders? Your disciples don't wash their hands before they eat bread. In Jesus' time, the Jews had a lot of traditions surrounding the idea of being clean or unclean. These traditions don't usually have anything to do with dirtiness or germs, like we might think of when we hear the word unclean. But back in their day, the traditions were about certain things that they needed to do before they could do other things, like rinsing your hands with water before eating dinner. The Jews thought that it must be done and that people should not eat until it was done. And so anyone who didn't do it was seen as someone who was acting inappropriately or disrespectfully. To the Pharisees, Jesus replied, You notice that my disciples don't follow some of your traditions. Well, why don't you follow the traditions of your elders by keeping God's commandments? God commanded everyone to honor their fathers and mothers, and He said that everyone who curses their fathers or mothers will die a spiritual death. But you guys say that it's okay for people not to use their money to take care of their old or sick parents if they claim that their money is dedicated to God. You are hypocrites. How does it make sense that even though God commands you to respect and take care of your own parents, you teach people that they don't have to in the name of worshiping God? The prophet Isaiah was speaking truth when he said that the people would try to be close to me through their mouths or through their words and give me honor with their lips, but their hearts and desires are actually very far away from honoring me. You spend all your time teaching others to worship me, but you're really just teaching the doctrines and commandments created by yourselves and not by God. Jesus then called the people around him to listen carefully to him. He said, The food or drinks that go into your mouths cannot destroy your souls, but be careful about the words that come out of your mouth, because what comes out of your mouth can destroy your soul. After Christ taught the people this, some of his disciples came to him and said, Um, don't you know that the Pharisees were offended because of what you just taught the people? Don't you think it would be best not to bother them? And Jesus said, Each plant that my heavenly father did not plant will be pulled up by its roots. Just leave the Pharisees alone and don't worry about what they think. They are like blind people leading other blind people. And when that happens, both of the leaders and followers will fall into a ditch. After this, Peter asked, Can you explain to us the parable of the food and drink? And Jesus said, Ah, oh, do you not understand that either? Well, whatever someone eats or drinks will eventually be cast into the sewer. But whatever words come out of a person's mouth are really coming from the heart, and the bad things in people's hearts can destroy them. All bad actions first start in the heart of a person. All murder, wicked relationships with other people, stealing, lying, or trying to trick people. These are the types of things that can destroy people. But food eaten without ritually washing your hands beforehand cannot destroy your soul. That is what that parable meant. After leaving Jerusalem, Christ traveled back to the towns around the Sea of Galilee up north. While he was there, a Greek woman who was not an Israelite, Came to him in faith and said, O Lord, Son of David, please, my daughter is so sick with an evil spirit. Please heal her. Since Jesus wasn't yet preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, or those people who weren't Jews, he didn't respond to her at all. His disciples even said, Send her away, she's following us. Then Jesus turned to her and said, I'm only here right now to serve the Israelites. Do you think this stopped the woman? Nope. She began to worship him and said, Lord, help me. But he answered in a parable and said, It isn't right for me to take the children's food and give it to the pet dog in the house. And this faithful woman answered him in parable language and said, Well, yes, that isn't right, but the pet dogs can eat the children's food that falls off of the table onto the floor. The dogs can eat the crumbs. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, woman, your faith is great. Now your daughter will be healed if you want her to be healed. And at that very moment, the woman's daughter was completely healed. After this, Jesus climbed into a mountain and was followed by great groups of people who were blind, mute, crippled, and sick in any way. They sat down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them all. The other people there watching were astounded when the mute people began to talk and the blind people began to see, when the crippled people were made whole, and when the lame could walk. And all the people glorified God for the miracles they were seeing. Well, the people just kept coming and Christ kept healing. And he did this for three whole days. Jesus called all of his disciples to him and said, Oh, I have compassion for all these people here because they've been with me for three days and have run out of food. I'm not going to send them away hungry since they might faint from hunger. His disciples apparently forgot that he had once fed 5,000 people with just a few loaves of bread and fishes. And so they said to him, Well, where would we find food to feed this many people? We're in the wilderness. That's impossible. And Jesus said, Well, how much bread do you have? And they said, We have seven loaves of bread and a few tiny fishes. Christ then commanded the people there to sit on the ground, and he took the bread and the fishes from the disciples. He said a prayer of gratitude and then broke up the bread and fishes and gave the food to his disciples. Doesn't this story sound familiar? Can you guess what happened next? As the disciples handed out the food to the hungry crowd, they never ran out of food. In fact, when everyone had eaten until they were full, there were still seven whole baskets of food left over. This time, there were at least 4,000 men there, not including women and children. What a marvelous miracle! Well, after the crowd of people had gone home, Christ rode in a boat to a town called Magdala. When he got there, some Pharisees and Sadducees came to him and asked him to show them a sign to prove that he had power from heaven. He sighed deeply in his heart and answered them and said, "'In the evening you tell everyone that there will be good weather because the sky is red. But the next morning you tell them that the weather will be bad because the sky looks angry.' "'Oh, you hypocrites!' You can tell what the weather will be like by looking at the sky, but you can't understand the signs of the times and see the proof that I am the Son of God. Only wicked, adulterous people seek physical signs from God, but the only sign I will give you is the same sign as the prophet Jonas. And then Christ left them. Do you remember what happened to the prophet Jonah? He was swallowed by a big fish and was stuck in its belly for three whole days before being spit out. Does that remind you of when Christ spent three days somewhere before being risen? When Christ's disciples caught up to him in Magdala, they realized that they had forgotten to bring food with them. Christ said, you must beware of the leaven or yeast, of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and of King Herod. His disciples thought to themselves, Oh, he is telling us to not eat the bread of the Pharisees or Sadducees or of King Herod. All right, we won't eat any of their food. Christ could tell what they were thinking, and he said, Oh, you have such little faith. Why are you worrying about where you will get your food from? Don't you understand the miracle I performed and the teachings I taught when I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and then fed the 4,000 with seven loaves of bread? Don't you remember how many leftovers there were? And don't you understand that I'm not speaking to you about physical bread when I warn you against the Pharisees and Sadducees and Herod's leaven? And then the disciples understood that Christ wasn't talking about physical leaven or bread, but of the doctrine and teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees and Herod. When Christ and his disciples traveled from Magdala to a town far north called Caesarea Philippi, Christ asked his disciples, Who does everyone else think I, the Son of Man, am? They said, "'Well, some people think that you're John the Baptist. "'Other people say you're Elias, "'and others think that you're Jeremiah "'or one of the prophets from the past.' "'And Christ said, "'Well, what? who do you guys think I am?' "'And his apostle Simon answered, "'You are the Christ, the Son of the living God.' "'And Jesus answered and said, "'You are blessed, Simon,' For no signs or no other person has convinced you of this. But you have learned this from my Heavenly Father through the Holy Ghost. You were born with the name Simon, but I am going to give you the name of Peter, which means rock. And upon the rock, or revelation from Heavenly Father through the Holy Ghost, I will build my church, and Satan and death and the powers of hell cannot win when they fight against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven or heavenly father's priesthood power so that that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is the sealing power that can make things that happen on earth last throughout all eternity. Christ then gave his disciples the commandment that they shouldn't tell anyone else that he was Jesus the Christ. He wanted others to find out for themselves. From that time on, Christ began to teach his disciples more and more about what was going to happen to him soon. How he would suffer and die in Jerusalem and then be resurrected on the third day. This was a hard teaching for them to hear sometimes because, if you remember, the Jews thought that the Messiah, or Christ, was going to save them from the Romans and be a great military leader. It was hard for them to imagine such a great man being crucified and killed. So, when he heard these teachings, Simon, who was now called Peter, tried to correct Christ according to his own understanding and he said, "Oh no, you will not die, Lord. These things are not going to happen." Do you know what Jesus did? He said, Get behind me, Satan, or enemy. You are offending me, since you are more worried about what you want to be true than you are of the true things of God. Then Jesus turned to all of his disciples and gave a very important teaching. He said, If any person wants to follow me, then they must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now, this teaching might have frightened the apostles, because in their day, crucifixion and taking up their own cross and carrying it to where they were being crucified was one of the most barbaric and torturous ways for them to die. But Christ clarified this, and he said, you might be wondering what it means for you to take up your own crosses. Well... It means to deny yourselves of all ungodliness, which means to stay away from and dislike anything that does not bring you closer to God. You must deny yourselves of every worldly lust, which means to stay away from and dislike anything from the world that would try to pull you away from God and toward the wicked things around you. To take up your cross means to keep my commandments. Please, if you want to save your souls, do not break my commandments. Whoever tries to save his soul or his life by using the wicked things of this world will lose his life in the next world or the place where spirits go after their bodies die here on earth. Whoever loses his life in this world for my sake or whoever pays no attention to the lies the world is trying to tell them and only focuses on following me will find their souls in the next world. So, I tell you, to forget the world, give it up, pay no attention to it, if you want to save your souls. What good is it for a man to have every single thing he wants in this life, if only to lose his own soul? Do you really want to give up your soul and a promise of eternal life with Heavenly Father, in exchange for the dirty and ungodly things that this world has to offer you? Just wait. I will come to the earth someday with all of Heavenly Father's angels in glory, and then I will reward each person for how they behaved and worked in this life. Those who do not take up their cross daily will not be resurrected with me, but those who do take up their daily crosses will be resurrected in heaven with me and on my right hand. What do you think about Jesus' teachings? Is there something you can do to take up your cross today? Well, Jesus knew that his time to die was coming soon. And he knew that in order for the truth of Heavenly Father's kingdom to keep spreading on the earth, he needed to choose leaders to keep his work going after he was gone. He needed to choose leaders who would be in charge of his church. And he needed to give them Heavenly Father's power so that they could do what he had been doing. So, six days after Jesus taught his disciples the important lessons on taking up their crosses, he took three of his apostles, Peter, James, and John, to the top of a high mountain. When they got there, Jesus was transfigured in front of them. Do you know what that means? To understand it, we need to talk about God's glory. We've learned from Joseph Smith and Moses and other prophets, that Heavenly Father's glory shines so brightly that it's even brighter than the sun. Don't you think that that type of glory would be too hot and too bright for us in our mortal bodies to survive? It's true. Mortal bodies aren't strong enough to endure the presence of heavenly beings. And so, whenever God or other heavenly messengers talk to mortal men and women in person, the mortal bodies must be changed and made holier so that they can survive. This is what it means to be transfigured. So, when Peter, James, and John got up to the mountain, they watched Christ's transfiguration and saw that his face shone as brightly as the sun, and his clothes were as white as light. And they themselves were transfigured too. And guess what happened next? The ancient prophets Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Christ and strengthened him for the trials that were going to happen to him before he died on the cross. They, along with Christ, gave special priesthood power and keys to the three apostles. Peter, James, and John then had a magnificent vision of what was going to happen when Christ came to the earth the second time. They saw the earth return to its glorious state, or how it was before Adam and Eve ate the fruit in the Garden of Eden. The spirit of John the Baptist was also there. They also saw a bright cloud that came above them that was covering Heavenly Father. And they heard him say, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the three apostles heard Heavenly Father, they fell to the ground and were afraid. Christ came and touched them and said, Stand up and don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah had left, and it was just Christ there again, and their bodies had changed back to their mortal mortal bodies. As they walked down the mountain, Jesus told them not to tell anyone what they had seen or experienced until after he had died and was resurrected. The apostles knew that it was prophesied that an Elias would come to the earth once more before Christ's second coming, but they also knew that they had just seen Elijah appear on the earth, so they asked Christ, why do those who study the scriptures say that Elias must come to the earth before your second coming? We just saw Elijah, so what do these things mean? Do you remember that Elias means someone who prepares the way for someone else? Christ said, Well, Elijah will be an Elias and will come to the earth before my second coming, and he will bring the sealing power back to the earth just like the prophets have written in the scriptures. John the Baptist was the Elias who came before me to prepare the way for me here in my mortality. But the wicked Jews didn't believe him, and they killed him, just like they'll kill me. Christ explained this to the three apostles while they walked back into the town. And when they got there, a troubled father came and knelt in front of Christ and said, "'Lord, have mercy on my son.' He is crazy and is very troubled and sometimes he throws himself into the fire at our home and sometimes he throws himself into water. Foam comes out of his mouth and he gnashes his teeth. I brought him to your disciples but they couldn't heal him. Then Christ turned to his disciples and said, Oh, you faithless followers, how long should I give you an example of what to do but you don't follow it? Then, turning to the father, he said, Bring your son to me. Once the son was in front of Christ, the son had another fit and fell to the ground with his mouth foaming. Christ asked the father how long the son had been like this, and the father said, Since he was a child. If you can do anything, please have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, Well, If you can believe, then all things are possible to you. And the father said, Lord, I believe. Please help my unbelief. Then Christ turned to the boy and said, You dumb and deaf spirit, I command you to come out of the boy and do not enter into him again. The spirit then cried and fought coming out of the boy. But when he did, The boy laid on the ground as if he were dead. In fact, the people there watching what was happening said, Oh my, he is dead. But Christ took the boy by the hand and helped him stand up, and the boy was alive. After this, his disciples came to him and asked, Why couldn't we cast out the devil? And Christ said, It's because of your unbelief. If you had a little bit of faith, even faith at the size of a tiny mustard seed, then you would be able to move mountains. Nothing would be impossible. Also, evil spirits can only be cast out by people who have prayed and fasted much. Later, Christ taught his disciples that he would be betrayed by someone close to him and would be given into the hands of his enemies. He taught them that his enemies would kill him But on the third day, he would be resurrected and live again. These teachings made his disciples feel very sad and very sorry and very confused. Well, Christ and his disciples traveled back to Capernaum, and some workers who collected money from the Jews to help pay for the upkeep of their temple in Jerusalem and other religious costs came to Peter and asked, Does your master pay the temple dues that all other Jews pay? And Peter said, Yes, he does. But when Peter got back into the house where Jesus was, Jesus said, I have a question for you, and I want you to tell me what you think. Do the kings on this earth take money for their cities from their own children or from their citizens and strangers? And Peter said, Hmm from strangers of course and christ said then the children are free from paying money just like i'm free from paying money to take care of my heavenly father's temple here on earth but i don't want to offend the others so you better go down to the sea and throw out a fishing hook and catch the first fish that bites when you open its mouth you'll find a piece of money that you can take to go pay our dues Now, here are a few stories of Christ healing some more people. One day, a deaf and dumb man was brought to Christ. He couldn't hear or talk. His friends asked Christ to heal him, so Christ grabbed his hand and led him away from the crowds. He then put his fingers into the man's ear. Then he spit on his finger, and he touched the man's tongue. Then he looked up to heaven. He sighed, and he said to the man's body, Be opened. And immediately the man could hear and speak. It was an amazing miracle, and Christ asked everyone who saw what happened not to tell anyone what he did. But the more he asked them to tell no one, the more they told everyone they could. Everyone who heard of this miracle was greatly astonished and said, Wow, he has done some great things if he can make the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. At another time, Christ came to the waters of Bethsaida, and a blind man was brought to him who wanted to be healed. Christ took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. Christ put some of his spit on the man's eyes and laid his hands on his head and asked the man if he could see. The man opened his eyes and said, um, I can see men walking, but they look like trees. So Christ put his hands on the man's eyes again and had him look up. And after that, his eyes were completely healed and he could see clearly. This was an instance when a miracle didn't happen immediately, but it happened in stages. Just like miracles can sometimes happen in our own lives. All right, little chickens, here's one last story about Christ for today. One day after a journey... Christ asked his disciples what they had been talking about and trying to figure out on their walk. No one wanted to answer Jesus because they had actually been trying to figure out which one out of all of them was the greatest. Christ already knew what they had been talking about, of course, so he called his twelve apostles around him and said, Whoever wants to be the greatest or the first will also be the last of all and the servant of everyone. And then he picked up a sweet little child and sat him on his lap and taught, whoever is humble, like one of these little children, and who also chooses to follow me and accept my teachings, you must accept in my name. Whoever accepts and follows me is also accepting and following heavenly father." Well, that is the end of our story this week, my little chickens. But I'm excited to get next week's story up and running so that you guys can hear it. Until then, have a wonderful day. Goodbye. Bye.